And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget you can find us online, rumble.com slash Casey the host, Truth Social at Casey the host. Um, hit another uh, mile marker on Truth Social today, so thank you for that. Do appreciate it as it continues to grow. Uh, still have way too many of you on Facebook, though. Uh, if I could get everybody on Facebook over to Truth Social or and or Telegram, that would be fantastic, but uh, it's it's been slow going. I don't know why you guys resist. Resistance is futile. Seriously, go to a place that actually likes you. Go to Truth Social. All right, I want to queue up some audio, please. I want to play you a couple of different things. It is Friday. This is, I'm going to give you, I, I, will not physically be in the building next week, but you will hear me next week. So we'll be playing some recent shows. Um, they're all timely. Okay. They're all within the last couple of weeks. So you're not going to, it's all going to be relevant stuff for next week. Unless, you know, of course there's super breaking news and I won't be here. Um, but I will be on vacation next week. Just giving you a heads up that you will hear the shows, but they will be from recent two, three weeks. Okay. Um, the other thing is, I'll be back the following week after that. So it's just taking next week off. Nothing weird or funny going on. Um, I think that's really kind of what you need to know with that. Uh, it is open lines today at 4 o'clock. Not now. At 4 p.m. Eastern time, we will take your phone calls about whatever you want to talk about. So if you have any questions, anything you want to get out of the way, that's the time to do that. But from now until then, let me catch up on some stories that we have. And uh, then we'll lead into the the holiday weekend. All right, so this is, uh, who is this guy again? I, I always forget this dude's name. This is the guy that, he, he's basically like the the economic advisor or something like that for, for Joe Biden. And, and he, he came out and he went on, uh, it's not news, it's CNN. And he just, he said something that we've heard before. But it's just so bizarre that you don't really want, you really don't want to repeat it. It's just a very strange thing. To say, but nonetheless, he did, in fact, say it. Uh, so he went on CNN. Oh, yeah, that's right. National Economic Director Brian Deese. There, that's his name. I always forget who this guy is. Brian Deese. He reminds me of Pete Buttigieg, but like a, a slightly more mature version of him. So anyway, Deese goes on CNN, and he's he's asked a series of very simple questions. Like, you know, hey, look, the, the economy right now is a mess. You know, what do you have to say for people with, you know, paying high prices for gas? And he repeats some of the same old debunk nonsense from the Biden administration. We've had record economic growth. None of that's true. But anyway, I want to I want you to listen to this very specific verbiage and see if it reminds you of something. The military analyst, the director of national intelligence, uh, they say that this could be a long ye- a war measured in years. And I think everybody understands why this is happening. But is it sustainable? What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Okay, he goes into a bunch of other stuff that isn't really important. The liberal world order. This is not the first time that we have heard this. The liberal world order. Okay, let's go back in time. So this is a roundtable of CEOs where former Vice President Joe Biden was talking about how the pandemic had basically created an opportunity which a lot of these globalist organizations were really talking about. Cue my audio again. Just keep it cute. We're just going to be rolling here with several different clips. But this is Joe Biden talking to the CEOs. Okay, just listen to this. I think this presents us with some significant opportunities to make some real changes. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy in the world it occurs every three or four generations. As one of them, as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946, and uh, since then we established a liberal world order and. 
that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people dying, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of okay. the free world and do so, it. So, liberal world order. We're we're going to lead a new new world order. Of course, you go back to George H. W. Bush, the the new world order nonsense that led to obviously the uh, famous song by Ministry. Every time I hear this, I just hear Ministry playing in my head. So that's that's one example. Now let's go back to 2017. Okay, 2017 before Joe Biden started losing his mind. This is Joe Biden once again talking about the Trump administration. Now, the Trump administration is screwing up the liberal world order. Folks, this breaking down of the international and national norms is the glue that holds the liberal world order together and holds together our system. That is what is being attacked now. And that's what's most dangerous. So in 2017, by the way, he's sitting there with uh, John, I'm a drug addict, Kasich. Uh, who's a fake Republican from Ohio, giving that talk. Now, what's interesting about this is that's in 2017 where he's saying Trump is tearing down the liberal world order, okay, whatever that is. Trump is tearing it down. Then here recently, while he was in the White House, he said we need a new world order beyond the liberal world order. So he's advocating tearing down the liberal world order, moving into something new. So what does that look like? Uh, Question. I mean, we we have an idea anyway. There's this guy named Orwell who wrote something about it. Now, this is Joe Biden at Davos, the World Economic Forum. Listen again. Our careful, and I mean careful attention, to building and sustaining the liberal international world order with the United States and Europe at its core was the bedrock of the success the world enjoyed in the second half of the 20th century. Okay, so liberal world order. All right. Now, again, the modern Democratic Party doesn't stand for those liberal principles, right? When we talk about classical liberalism, The modern Democratic Party doesn't stand with classical liberalism. Classical liberal principles were shared by both major political parties in the United States up until relatively recently. The Democratic Party has completely shed off those classical liberal worldviews. They don't want anything to do with them, which is why you have Joe Biden in the White House right now saying that we need to kill off the liberal world order, which he warned you Trump was doing. It was a bad thing when Trump was doing it. Now he's doing it. And we need to lead the world into the new new world order. Right. Not the not the world order of George H.W. Bush or uh, post World War Two or what have you. No, we just need to go into something new. Nobody knows what the heck that is. but We need to go into something new. And while he's doing this, he's constantly talking about our democracy. Leftists are constantly talking about our democracy. We're going to lose our democracy. You have a representative republic, you idiot. So anyway, beyond that, now, which is a form of, of democratic government. And it is very easy for everybody to kind of weave in and out of those with fluidity. But here's the thing. Let's let's analyze the principles here that we talk about. Who is it right now that is attacking one of those core institutions, the Supreme Court, that establishes liberal world order? Who is it that's attacking the Supreme Court? Right. Now, the Supreme Court has throughout its history made very bad rulings. And there are times where you can look at a Supreme Court ruling And there's even been times where I've looked at it and said, I actually like the Supreme Court ruling, but it's unconstitutional, and here's why. I've given you those examples throughout my career, because that has happened. A hundred percent, that has happened. And as a result, you just, you have to tell everybody the truth. Like, even though I support this policy, what the Supreme Court did here was wrong. That's not the case with the latest rulings here. The Supreme Court has made some very bad rulings with the current court, but they've also had a string of three or four really good ones. The EPA ruling was the right decision. The EPA does not, ladies and gentlemen, have the right to make law on its own. That is a right exclusive 
for the legislature. People are upset that the Supreme Court affirmed that. Roe v. Wade was not a right to grant you a constitutional right to abortion. That's not what it was. It was, a, it was a privacy issue. The law itself, the ruling, I should say, itself, was unconstitutional. The Supreme Court gave a right that they didn't have the authority to give. It is a right that should have been reserved for the legislature at the federal or the state level. The Supreme Court corrected that decision. The Supreme Court was right in the New York concealed carry bill. The Supreme Court was right in the Maine religious uh, religious funding of private institutions, uh, private schools bill. They were right in all of those. You have a right to send your child to a religious school. You have a right to not send your child to a religious school. And the money that you pay for your child to go to school, that society pays for your child to go to school, should be able to follow the child. Fund the child, not the schools. That is imperative. I am a stringent believer in that. Whatever money we have per pupil should be tied to said pupil. So wherever that pupil goes, that money follows. It is the same dollar amount. It is the same funding in education. It doesn't change. It doesn't shift. There's no weirdness about any of that. They just like to convolute it because, again, it affects their their political ideology. But it isn't actually an attack on education. It isn't actually an attack on your safety. It isn't actually an attack on, on women's rights. It isn't actually an attack on any of these things. Or the planet. The latest thing is that uh, the Supreme Court has, def- has, has basically ruled that we can let the planet die. You're, you're extra special short bus type people. Like, that's no. That's not okay. But this is the derangement that we're seeing. So what in the world is this this new new order that Biden wants to usher in? Well, the left, again, they're attacking one of those foundational institutions, the Supreme Court. They're attacking the representative republic and style of government that we have. They're attacking that. They're the ones that want to get rid of the electoral college. They're the ones that want to get rid of the filibuster. Joe Biden, not that long ago, when he was still in the Senate, was standing there giving a fiery speech about how the filibuster was necessary for our democracy. Well, if him as a senator thought the filibuster was necessary for our democracy, because all the filibuster does is spur debate, that's all it does. So if he thought as a senator it was a core critical principle of our liberal world order, and now he wants it gone just to do one thing of course he only wants the filibuster gone to do his agenda and here's the thing everybody out there who supports this like aoc and all these other you know lapping seals in stephen colbert's audience who don't know what they're talking about you're not going to be in power very long so what happens if the red wave comes here in this next midterm election what if the red wave is not just in the house of representatives what if the red wave is in fact on the senate too and you lose the senate now you've effectively gotten rid of the filibuster. We've already seen this argument before where Democrats got rid of the filibuster and Republicans used used that against them and the Democrats pitched a hissy fit about it. How dare you not, not allow us to use the filibuster? Well, you shouldn't have gotten rid of it. And of course they brought it back. This is this is the issue. The Republicans will take over Congress. Do you believe if you're if you're a liberal listening to right now do you believe that republicans should be able to run roughshod over you when you're not in power because that's all they're saying right now we're going to get rid of the filibuster now so we end debate the founding fathers viewed the filibuster as critical for our our society uh throughout the entire history of of our government the filibuster has been critical for that now all of a sudden it needs to go away just so we can ram something that we really want through that's because you can't win elections on that issue they also want to expand the court it's not the right who's attacking institutions It's not the right who's trying to take rights away from people. It's not the right who is trying to fundamentally change a representative Republican government. It's the left. I would submit to you that the new New World Order that Joe Biden is routinely talking about since he wants to kill off the liberal world order, whatever the heck that is, looks an awful lot like Oceana does. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
I'm sitting there looking at the live stream, and I'm like, God, did everybody take a long weekend today? Nobody's watching the live stream. What's going on? We only got like 40 people on there. And people are like, no, you're on the wrong channel. So apparently I forgot to tick the right box. And it went to the wrong channel. I will fix it in the news break. So for those of you who are looking for the live stream on Rumble, we'll fix it here in just a minute. My apologies. We'll set up a new live stream on the regular channel and uh, fix that. Can you tell, by the way, that today is my last day before vacation? Can you tell? It's almost like uh, that last week, every single time, without fail, it has been this way my entire career. I almost take no vacation. But that last week before I take vacation, I just screw up every day. Every single day. Without fail, I screw up. So... It was inevitable. I thought maybe the worst was going to be two days ago, with the show just being an absolute train wreck, but apparently it's going to be today. All right. Uh, what do we have here? The FBI is questioning an Elkhart man for potential threats to a pro-life group. Uh, he was investigated by the Capitol Police last year for nearly running running over Congresswoman Jack Wielorski. Uh, this is that um, that lunatic guy, Michael J. Case, who likes to likes to hide on the Internet. Um, I didn't realize that this is the same guy. This is the guy who's posting like weird sexual fantasies about me on my Facebook page. I didn't realize the same dude. He's defended pedophiles and groomers, and he's posted some very weird sexual fantasies about me. Um, so this is the guy who tried to run over Jackie Wilarski and has been involved in several incidents uh, outside of pro-life centers and, and dealing with pro-life organizations. Well, apparently um, he's further lost his mind because there's massive trauma to his medulla oblongata, probably from huffing his own farts. Uh, Real News Michiana has learned that the Federal Bureau of Investigation questioned Elkhart man for potential threat Threats made against a local pro-life organization, Right to Life Michiana. Uh, see, an agent with the FBI went to the home of Michael Case in regard to the potential threat posted to social media. They are everything that is wrong with this country, he posted about the organization. I will not stand by and do nothing while these people turn this country into some sectarian Handmaid's Tale nightmare. Gosh, she's even using old tropes. You realize the Handmaid's Tale? I, I guess the author of the Handmaid's Tale she's been posting, too. But you realize that her big fear was that Ronald Reagan was going to turn us into. And as I've said before, when you watch season one of Handmaid's Tale, which I broke down a couple of years uh, after it came out and and finally did, what I laughed about was that this is actually very much an anti-leftist show, even though the author and people who are are supportive of the author don't realize it's an anti-leftist show, which is, to me, I find that to be hysterical. I did a whole segment on it, breaking down the various aspects of the Handmaid's Tale society that are there, that are actually left-wing ideologies. They're not at all connected to the right at all. So it was uh, anti-Islam, and it was very much anti-left-wing. But they don't, they don't even understand it, which is hysterical. So I will not stand idly by while these people turn this country into a sectarian, handmaid's tale nightmare, this, which is hysterical. Uh, now remember, he, um, he's the one that was gassing the vehicle at Jackie Wilarski when she showed up at a uh, pro-life event and a rally and. He was uh, basically threatening to run her over and almost ended up hitting her. There's a Capitol Police investigation. So now, because he's making uh, what appear to be veiled threats, and and here's, I'm going to just, look, I'm just going to give you, let's go through this. I will not stand idly by while these people turn this country into a sectarian handmaid's tale nightmare. That is infinitely more guilty than anything Trump said before the riot on January 6th. Undeniable. Now, you might look at that and say, well, he didn't overtly threat any violence, but We don't set the rules. Remember, the standard has been changed. The standard has been if you go peacefully protest over there and patriotically disagree with them and cheer our people on, if that is a call to violence, then certainly this is. Uh, But this is, like I said, it's kind of par for the course, apparently, this 
This guy's really, really unhinged. Um, he's a cause. He's an old dude too. It's like he's an old man pretending to be Antifa, he's tied to Antifa, I guess. But he's really just cosplaying as Antifa. Why is it that Antifa here is geriatric? Antifa everywhere else is young people, but here it's like geriatric bored old people. Go golf or something. MNC News Time is three thirty-one. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. All right, let's take a look at uh, Drunk on Power, Michigan, shall we? I, I keep telling you that the uh, the people that Gretchen Whitmer has surrounded herself with, they're, they're tyrants. I mean, this is one of the, you want to talk about Handmaid's Tale stuff? Gretchen Whitmer's it. Everybody out there just with the hyperbole and Handmaid's Tale crap, this is what a real dictatorial totalitarian type government would look like. You look at Michigan. So Gretchen Whitmer has surrounded herself with a couple of Nazi-esque-like butchers, if you will. One of them is Dana Nessel. And Dana Nessel, who is the attorney general of the state of Michigan, has a long history we've covered on this show of abusing her power for political reasons. Not for criminal reasons, but for political reasons. Okay, so here we go. After the Republican opponent of Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel criticized the Democrat for refusing to enforce the state's abortion ban, Nessel threatened to jail the candidate. Jeff Timmer, senior advisor for the Nessel campaign, tweeted on Wednesday that his boss is Republican challenger Matt DePermo has to remain unindicted to qualify for a debate. So, excuse me? So her opponent basically criticizes that she's not going to enforce the law in Michigan. So then her advisor for her campaign goes out there and says, hey, just a friendly reminder that her Republican opponent has to, quote, remain unindicted in order to qualify for a debate. That's a threat. That is an absolute threat. We'll, we'll indict you even if it's buckus. So that way you don't have to debate. Timmer tweeted the threat just after DiPerno criticized Nessel's refusal to enforce the state's 1931 abortion ban following the Supreme Court's overturn of Roe v. Wade. Consider this an official campaign response, Timmer tweeted. I can commit that Dana will debate you. All you have to do is, one, become the official GOP nominee, and two, remain unindicted, and three, allow Dana to Mirandize you at the beginning of the debate. Easy peasy, right? Let me know. Wow. Tyrant much? Nessel, who is best known for her drunken exit on a wheelchair at a college football game, as well as her call for drag queens in every school. Let's not forget Dana Nessel wishing that she had divested her retirement into sex dolls. Remember, she didn't want her 401k fund. She wanted, she wanted to invest in the sex doll industry. Instead, she has a history of threatening political opponents with jail time. Of course, we have documented this over and over and over again. As attorney general, she brought charges against former Republican Michigan Governor Rick Snyder in relation to the Flint water crisis. But the state Supreme Court dropped those charges because, again, he's not the one who did it. He didn't do it. I'm not saying the Snyder's response to what happened in Flint was great, but he's not the one responsible for what happened in Flint. Now, what about what about here in Michiana? Got lead in the water. Gretchen Whitmer knew about it for over two years and told nobody. Come on, Dana. Where's your uh, criminal charges against her? That's something that is her fault. It's the same story. Snyder was accused of hiding the lead issue. Gretchen Whitmer hid the lead issue. So let's, let's have a discussion about Benton Harbor. Emails obtained in a public information request also show... Nessel attempted to have restaurant owner Marlena Hackney arrested before she appeared on Tucker Carlson tonight to discuss why she defied the state's pandemic lockdown order. And she wrote that. We, we talked about that story, too. Uh, DiPerno rose to national fame after he challenged the 2020 election results in Michigan's Antrim County. Uh, he is under investigation but has faced criticism for withholding information about how he spends funds raised in support of an election audit. And let's not forget, Antrim County had confirmed election fraud and ballot switching 
with the machines. That happened. That's not a conspiracy. That is a very real thing. Timmer reportedly joined Nestle's campaign in October after years of experience working for the Michigan Republican Party. Right. He is also a senior advisor to the Lincoln Project, who, again, are not Republicans. So so this guy is tied to an organization that aided, abetted, and provided comfort for known pedophiles and are not actually Republicans. So this guy works for the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project, who had people go down because of a pedophile sting, for crying out loud. So once again, you've got just another individual tied to Dana Nessel, tied to Gretchen Whitmer, threatening political opponents if they don't fall in line and do their own thing. That's Michigan. Honest, that's the state of Michigan right now. Like I said, my family escaped just in time. And we were concerned about it. You know, we were concerned. Like, hey, well, you know, some of the stuff happening in Indiana we don't like. Uh, some of the stuff happening in Michigan we do like. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, of course, uh, came to power and just immediately started abusing it left and right. Then you've got Good Morning America. Okay. Good morning, America. I've got a lot of, of house cleaning to do before the uh, the open line segment. Good morning, America. H- how do you make this mistake? I, I got to ask this question seriously. I mean, some people are like, oh, it's just it's just an honest mistake. Cool. How do you post that Katanji Brown Jackson is the first black Supreme Court justice in U.S. history? How do you post that? How does anybody make that mistake? Not only is there one currently on the court, but he wasn't even the first one. So how is it that you get this post so wrong if you're Good Morning America? Shouldn't Good Morning of uh, Good Morning America, I almost said Good Morning of America, Good Morning America hired the best possible people? How do you post this on social media and just completely get that wrong? Now, they've deleted it, but, I mean, for crying out loud, at some point in time, you're going to have to take ownership of, of how these things, these mistakes consistently happen. Every time there is something that the Democratic Party wants to promote, they just erase everybody who is there in history to pretend that this is some new landmark. Like when Pete Buttigieg became the first openly gay cabinet member. No, he wasn't. He was the second, and the first was a Republican. But they like to, pre- to pretend, don't they? Consistently. How do you, how do you make that mistake? That's hysterical. I don't know how you make that mistake. Maybe they were just concerned that they couldn't put the word woman in there because she couldn't define woman when she was uh, giving her testimony through the confirmation process. So they didn't want to say that she was the first black woman Supreme Court justice because how do you know she's a woman? After all, you're not a biologist. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Fitty Cent. In the club, it's where Justice Clarence Thomas is going to be after he gets rid of interracial marriage, so he doesn't have to be married to his white wife anymore. God, leftists are stupid. I mean, <laughs> Ben didn't know she was white. We were talking about it because that's been one of the things that the left has been running around saying is that Clarence Thomas is going to get rid of mixed race marriages. I'm like, he's in one. I suppose if he really wanted a divorce and he didn't want to give over half of his stuff, I suppose. <laughs> Just, I'm watching this stuff online. It's just, it's bizarre. Speaking of conspiracies, two men accused of masterminding a plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer before the 2020 presidential election will face a new jury after the case ended in a mistrial and humiliation for the FBI earlier this year. Who is really responsible for the plot? Friendly reminder, this would not have happened if the FBI didn't formulate the plot, organize the plot, recruit for the plot, then when everybody still decided that it wasn't worth going through, figuring out other ways of keeping people in the group, and then, of course, the case officer pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing to make sure that arrests were made before the November election in 2020 so they could make it a political issue. All of that came out in the trial. You're not going to find you're not going to find a real jury that actually convicts these guys. It's not going to happen. If they ever get convicted 
after they do after they do the kangaroo court stuff here, if they ever get convicted, that will be an illegitimate trial. They will be able to appeal it. This is going to be a whole thing. You know, at the end of the day, with the stuff that we learned from this previous trial, the things that we learned during it that we didn't even know prior to it, and the amount that we knew prior to that trial, they never should have been charged. But the things that we learned during that trial, it's maddening that there will even be another trial. Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. will be retried in August. A federal judge ordered brushing aside their lawyer's bid to clear them of conspiracy and weapons charges, even though the same jury acquitted alleged co-conspirator Daniel Harris and Brandon Caserta after their defense argued that they were entrapped by undercover agents. The judge said it was not clear how the jury perceived the role of Fox and Croft. So the jury basically looks at this and, and they say, yeah, this is entrapment. Basically, the FBI was the one that created a plot to kidnap Whitmer and then blamed it on these innocent guys. And the judge is like, yeah, but I'm not really sure what the jury felt about these two. So we're going to retry them in August anyway. And their defense attorneys like they they we literally heard that the FBI is the entire thing behind this, that these guys didn't concoct anything. These guys didn't plan anything. These guys didn't recruit for anything. The only guy that they have that says this group is doing anything bad was given lots of high-dollar luxury items as gifts by the FBI, for crying out loud. Anyway, we don't know what the jury was thinking. U.S. District Judge Robert Jonker said, there's enough here to say that a rational jury could still go against Mr. Fox, go against Mr. Croft, even considering the outcome with respect for Mr. Harris and Mr. Caserta. No, no, I disagree with that. Now, that's my opinion, but I completely disagree with that. This is a judge who is sitting here going, okay, we're going to try and we're going to try them again. And hopefully, because everybody will be fatigued about all of this, we, we can convict these two and then make it make it a real plot. It's not. It's not a real plot. The plot was so preposterous, folks, that it would have been physically impossible to have done at the time of the year that they were going to try and do it because of Lake Michigan's current state. How, how, how are you going to do some of the stuff that you're going to do when Lake Michigan's froze? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you probably don't remember the details of the case. But anyway, they could not... They could not have done the plot at the time. They couldn't do it any time, any year at that time. Two other suspects, Ty Garvin and Caleb Franks, pled guilty in connection to the plot because they have bad lawyers. Uh, Garvin was sentenced to six years in prison. Frank has not yet been sentenced. The plot was exposed just prior to the election, which is what the case officer for the FBI pushed and really wanted done because they wanted to make it an election issue. And that was actually testified to in the trial. This is where we are. This is where we're at now. Another conspiracy. Lots of conspiracies today. Cassidy Hutchinson. It turns out that it's not news that CNN had a hand in Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony before the January 6th committee. Oh, God. Alyssa Farah Griffin, who joined CNN around the end of last year as an anti-Trump political commentator, actually put Cassidy Hutchinson in touch with Liz Cheney so she could share some of this, quote, new testimony that Cassidy Hutchinson never shared anywhere else before. Hutchinson had already been interviewed by the January 6th committee but apparently shared none of this new testimony. Because again, why would you, right? Why? The January 6th committee interviewed Hutchinson. They interviewed the two individuals that Hutchinson claims gave her this information or that Trump assaulted. None of them at any time in the hours of interviewing that they gave to the January 6th committee, none of them ever mentioned that Donald Trump basically throat punched a Secret Service agent and tried to commandeer the, uh, the presidential limo. Never came up. Three people never came up. Cassidy Hutchinson never mentioned it in her social media ever. So she told Griffin that she had more to share with the committee, and Griffin then put her in touch with Cheney, and the ball got rolling. <laughs> so this is the news media, okay? This is the news media 
going out there and telling everybody, well, not telling everybody, but telling her, we need you to share this information that you didn't share with the committee before and that nobody else shared with the committee at, at all, uh, ever before either. Everybody involved in this didn't share any of this stuff. And and you need to go do that. Um, and then we're going to make it a big, big story again. When was the last time? I mean, we've seen this all the time. When was the last time, though, that we had a, a major news outlet just fabricate a story, hand it off to a government official, and then turn it into a big Russia collusion to anybody? Because that's exactly what we're looking at. As somebody, somebody just somebody just uh, wrote on the uh, the live stream, this is MAGA country. I know, right? This this is so ridiculous. But now we know that CNN is involved. In, and CNN's bragging about it. They, we're, we're the ones that got the ball rolling. Because we're unbiased news. We're the ones that got the ball rolling. So she was interviewed by the January 6th committee. The two individuals, the one that she claims told her the story, was interviewed by the January 6th committee. The Secret Service agent who was allegedly assaulted by Trump was interviewed by the January 6th committee. And nobody told the January 6th committee that any of this happened. Until suddenly the ratings were really crap. And even Democratic strategists were going all over the news networks and saying, this is not playing well for Democrats at all. This is terrible. And nobody is paying attention to it. And people are starting to believe now that all of the accusations against Trump are false. Oh, suddenly, we've got to have a new credible witness put her put her on the, uh, the television and get the ball rolling. Right. Open lines. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone lines 574-2595-953. Call now. 574-2595-953. We'll take your open line phone calls coming up just after the news break. But you want to call earlier to get in line. And again, you decide what we talk about today. It's not up to me anymore. It's up to you. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. This is Friday. It is Friday before my vacation, so this is the last chance you'll get to yell at me or yell with me or ask me a question or hang out uh, until... The following, not next week, but the week after. So this is your opportunity. Every Friday, we open it up for the last couple of hours of the show for you to go ahead and just bring up anything that you want. Maybe we didn't cover something during the week. Maybe we didn't cover it enough. Maybe you didn't like our take on it. You can give us a call now and we can address it. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. We'll take those phone calls in the order that we get them. Lee, you're first to bat. What's on your mind? Hey, happy 4th of July. Yeah, happy Independence we, Day, man. We invite you to come out to Niles tonight for our fireworks at the Apple Festival grounds, so that'll be at dark. Oh, you guys are doing so them today, huh? Yep. So July 1st is Independence Day here. And then we got to have you come up to the Berrien Springs Pickle Fest on the 4th of July. So you got you to gotta toss the pickle. Uh, what? <laughs> They're going to have a pickle this, this, Lola, this sounds This sounds not FCC appropriate. I have to toss a what? A pickle. A real <laughs> dill pickle. <laughs> I'm not tossing any pickles with you, Lee. No offense, man. No, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm flattered, it's, but. It's not with me. It's in Berrien Springs. <laughs> Okay. All right. Toss toss a What is this about? You have to throw a pickle? Yes. And the record is like 95 feet. So you got to get your arm going, limber up. 95 feet. How how 
Well, I mean, that doesn't sound that far. I might be able to do 95. 95, you have to throw. So you're just, what, you're throwing. Now, are these, like, normal-sized pickles or are these, like, 7-Eleven-sized pickles? Hey, they're, they're, they're pickle pickles. Okay, so they're 7-Eleven pickles. I, they're, they're the Berrien Springs Dill Pickle <laughs> Festival pickles. <laughs> Okay, so I <laughs> so I can I can toss pickle Rick if I do it what over ninety five feet. What do I win? A jar of pickles? Uh, you become king of the pickle fest. Yo, audience, me. You imagine all of the puns that I could do if I were the king of the pickle festival? Are you kidding me? I, I have to do this just on spirit alone,ly because if I win this thing, I can ride that thing for an entire year. I could have a I could have a lot of memes with that, man. I'll be honest with you, I could. I could have a lot of memes with that. Okay, so when is when is the pickle festival? Uh, it's on uh, all day on Monday. All day on Monday. Yeah, it starts with a pancake breakfast first thing in the morning, mm. and ends with fireworks at night. Interesting. Okay. All right. I, I, and you guys aren't canceling the fireworks tonight because of the rain, are you? It it stopped raining here in Niles. Okay, so it should be dried clear, up by then. Yes, it's clearing up. Very good. So we're looking good. Did you know? And, did you know that I'm going to be involved in the Niles burn run? I, I told you you got to keep your eyes on the road when you go by the bikini. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're the guy. Yes. So I'm not allowed to look at the bikini girls when I'm when I'm doing the Niles burn run on my way to toss pickles with other people. Got it. Right. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> now, I I have one complaint. Okay. Kilmeade in the morning. Yeah. He does not understand that President Trump is still making sure that the uh, 2022 this election and the 2024 election will be honest. That's what he's fighting for. Yeah. Because uh, you know we have people like uh, Hillary Clinton that received. 10,000 extra votes out of Detroit and still lost by 10,000 here in Michigan back in 2016. Correct. And it was proven when they did the uh, Jill Stein Green Party recall for, uh, not recall, uh, rebate, uh, I can't even say it, (laughs) election. They uh, audited the election and found that in Detroit, uh, where the precincts had dropped thousands of people that, uh, they, you know, they'd have 30 votes in the ballot box and 300 people voted for Hillary in that precinct. Yeah, and this has been an issue for a while. And, and let's not forget, too, that prominent Democratic senators wrote a letter to Wayne County, Michigan, because they thought that there's, you know, massive fraud there for, you know, years and years and years and years, which most people know. So even the Democrats know that there's massive voter fraud in the state of Michigan. They just they figured out a game at this last election. So they uh, they we even could have elected Bernie Sanders as our uh, presidential uh, person here in Michigan. But uh, they had to have the votes count for Biden. So even the Democratic primary was rigged. Yeah, there you go. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go toss a pickle or two. Okay, happy 4th of July. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, pickle tossing. Why have I not heard of the pickle toss? It seems like something that would have been on my radar. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. How are you? Hi there. What's up? I'll tell you, I wasn't first to bet today. The past few shows, I've always been first to bet. Okay. Oh, first at bat? Yeah, you were second today. You were close, though. Yeah, I was close, but... uh, so we were talking on the live stream. By the way, happy 4th of July as well. Thank you. Happy Independence Day. But we were talking on the live stream yesterday, and we were saying I should all uh, call in and talk about how the Democrats are losing. And they are losing. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, they really are, which is good, too. Well, and here's the thing. Like, the latest polls, you know, are, are getting really, really bad. We're starting to see Democrat strategists get very nervous, and they're starting to, you know, kind of walk down any expectations of Democrats retaining the House. I think most people understand the Republicans are going to win the House. Uh, the question is, will it be historic? Uh, right now, the data looks historic. We'll, we'll see ultimately what happens. Uh, but they're starting to get really concerned about the Senate. Democrats thought they could hold the Senate because the math helps Democrats for those Senate races this year. It's the next election, the presidential election, where Republicans look really good in the Senate. So now even the Democrats are getting nervous about that. So it's it's not looking like a, a good time for the Democrats on election night, but it's still early. You know, every, anything can happen. They can turn the Roe, the Roe v. Wade thing into an election issue, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. But right now, definitely not looking good for them. No, no, it's not. I just I'm sitting back and I'm just laughing at them, honestly. Well, and something else, too, I ran into yesterday is on the issue of gender. Uh, The country is moving more in the direction of where Republicans are traditionally sat there. And they're moving away from the Democratic Party there because most people most people understand that there are people who have, you know, an issue or a condition or a dysphoria or whatever. And and most people are okay with that person as an adult living living the way that they want to live, because, you know, why not? But you're starting to run into some real issues with with children. And the medical treatments and, and things like that. And that's where most Americans are going, eh, no, not so much. And now with the exactly. Roe v. Yeah, with the Roe v. Wade thing, too. A new poll just came out today. The vast majority of Americans oppose abortion beyond 12 weeks. Yeah. And it, that's just most Americans support abortion. That is true. Pro-lifers are in the minority. But Americans overwhelmingly oppose abortion beyond 12 weeks. They just don't. They don't want it. And that's because of the science and how things have changed. And like I said, we got these new tools now where you can 3D scan your child. And I mean, it's um, it's amazing to see this stuff. But that is going to lead to more people saying, no, that's my baby. I'm not going to I'm not going to change that. And that's what they're ultimately upset about. Oh, yeah. Well, before I let you go, I was going to say, you know, we are 100 percent going to miss you next week. And uh uh, we hope you uh, have a great vacation. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And at least you'll you won't have a fill in host this time. You'll have me, and there'll be recent shows, so they'll they should be timely. And and that we're not reaching back into the archives or anything like that. So so uh, I appreciate well, that. And we'll yeah, s- but I said this on the live stream yesterday. I still don't know if I want to watch every listen to every single re- you know replay. Yeah, I get that. That's fair enough. My brilliance isn't that great, but you know. <laughs> oh no, you're awesome. But- All right. I'm just teasing. Hear something once. I'm just teasing. Ryan, I appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good holiday. You too. You have a wonderful holiday. All right. Thank you much. I appreciate that. All right. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. We'll take those calls coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, we have an update on the pickle record, okay? I don't think I'm going to break the pickle-tossing record. Okay, it is 294 feet, which is 98 yards. (laughs) I don't think I can do that. I must have misheard. He he said like 94 or something. I'm like, I could toss a pickle 95 feet. Come on. Uh, But he must have said 294, and I misheard him. So, yeah, the record for the pickle-tossing festival Uh, Well, the Pickle Festival Pickle Tossing Contest is 294 feet, so it's 98 yards. I don't think that I can beat that. In my my teenage years, maybe. Not now. I could try. I would just never be able to shake anybody's hand again. Uh, Ted, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Uh, Hey, what's up? First of all, uh, happy 
for the, the 6th of July. Yes. Have a nice vacation. Thank you. Lots of luck to you and your family. Thank you. I appreciate it. You too. All right, yeah. so what, what's on your mind? You're breaking up a little bit, so I might have to cut you off a little sooner than normal, but just uh, try okay, and get it out. Fine. The second one, the Ukrainian, they got the island. Yes, Snake Island has uh, been returned to Ukraine. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Ted, I'm sorry, man. You're just, I'm going to have to let you go. You're a little too broken up. I apologize. Ted's trying to talk to us. Unfortunately, his phone is just not connecting very well. Sorry, Ted. But uh, yeah, so Snake Island, okay, this is funny. So Ukraine is not doing very well right now in in the war. They're not. However, Russia has um, returned Snake Island, air quote here, as a gesture of goodwill. And, of course, Ukraine has posted photos of how they've been artillery bombarding the island, and it's all covered in smoke. So, yeah, Russia was forced out of the island. Uh, They're trying to save face by saying that they returned it because of goodwill. But, yeah, so Russia didn't win that one. But uh, Ukraine has been doing very poorly on the Eastern Front. So we do. We expect this to settle in and be a long conflict. Uh, this, unfortunately, just how it's going to look. And it's going to be devastating for the, the lives there, but also the economy of the world as it tries to adjust and figure out a way to uh, to survive around it. But, uh, yeah, but it was funny watching Russia go, oh, no, we, we turned over the island because of, like, goodwill and stuff. And Ukraine posting photos of the island basically trashed and in smoke and all of that yeah it's no they they were forced off of the island uh, at least that's what the evidence indicates all right five seven four twenty five ninety five ninety five three that is two five nine five nine five three my recommendation for any of you uh you college or high school guys out there who have a good arm is go go toss pickles so you can walk around campus saying that you're the pickle tossing king i think that's going to work out really good for you andy welcome to the program hey what's going on casey what's up uh, happy Telling the British Crown to kick rocks day is that good? Is that a good one? You know that's a, hey that is a decent one and let's not forget part of that was them saying give up your guns. <laughs> that's right. That's right. What's hey, up? I'll be real quick. I'll be real quick. I want to talk. I want to get your perspective on the military recruiting and the lack thereof, and then what you think uh, we can do to fix it. Okay. Uh, is that the general question? Or do you have something more specific? No, that's the general question, man. I'm just curious. Okay. To see. I know you served, and I know you're, you 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 have that background, but yeah. uh, we haven't talked about it. And I apologize if you have brought it up in in one oh. of your shows. No, I'm, it's okay. I'm uh, double tapping so, it, but yeah, a little while ago, maybe last week, I think I brought up. I had a meeting with some soldiers a couple of months ago, and they're from the Indiana National Guard. They're being forced out because of the vaccine. We have entire battalions being forced out. We're not talking like. 100 guys and gals being forced out of the Indiana National Guard. We're talking about, like, battalions, okay? A lot so of people. Without revealing, without revealing too much detail, I'm, I'm, I'm very intimate with, with that. So you know what uh, I'm talking story. about. Yeah, you know exactly know, what I'm talking about. exactly what you're talking okay. about. So at the same time that they were giving me this information, they, they also pointed out that the Indiana, the, the Guard is running, like, a really sweet recruiting deal with a massive sign-on bonus. So you're trying, you're, you're running out experienced military personnel to bring in new personnel to replace them who will be more compliant, right? That's the general, because you're going to get them in, in basic or boot or what have you, and they're going to get, they're going to get the COVID vaccine along with the, you know, 14 other things they inject you with when you're there. Um, and, and there's nothing they, they can do about it. So one, you're going to have a recruiting problem for a while. There's a reason that the army adjusted their numbers down for their permanent force size. And I think that you're going to run into that issue until somebody, you know, whether it's a, a Trump or a DeSantis or, you know, a, a, a Ronald Reagan-esque type sweep into the administration is going to have to happen 
to change the perception. You know, we're at a point now, they finally did relax their tattoo standards, which is something that I've always supported. I, you know, whatever people feel about tattoos, I just think about this. You were allowed to change your gender in the military before you could have an exposed tattoo. How stupid is that? So we oh, are. Yeah. I, well, I've told him two things. I, I've, I've said you, you, you relax the male grooming standards and allow them to have beards. Yeah. And you don't test for weed anymore. You won't have Correct. a recruitment problem for the next five years. Yeah, and didn't the um, didn't the military just was it the Pentagon or was it a branch that announced that they're not going to test for weed anymore? Was that a thing? Did I no, misread I don't that? Think so it was a, there was a beard thing that came out. Yeah, I remember I the beard it was thing in the Air Force. Right, it was in the Air Force or the Navy where they really relaxed it. Um, and then all of a sudden, and then look what happens with uh, the movie Maverick, Maverick. Right, right. So all of a sudden, there's 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 positive propaganda. And then magically, the recruitment numbers go up. Oh, it's crazy. Well, some, somehow, <laughs> some way, some shape or form, there's positivity in the military. And then yeah. magically, there's recruitment numbers. And they haven't figured this out, Casey. It's yeah. very frustrating. Okay, so it was the Air Well, no, that was in 2017. That was, okay, the Air Force is no longer considering how long ago you used marijuana. Uh, I remember, I, I saw something. It might have just been a proposal or something like that. But you're right. It, you You've got to... We're in a point now where marijuana is legal in most of the country, and you're going to have to allow for that. So 100%, you're going to have to allow for that. And I'm not saying that they they you know could do it even in the military or even you know, maybe the military wants to do that where they don't care if you've done it even up to the, before you go to MEPS or what have you. But um, maybe you get to a point where you don't really test in the military, but of course if they show up on duty, they're in big trouble. You know, I, I don't know how they're going to work that, but I agree. There, there needs to be a change in standard there. Um, we are a beard culture now. You, you need to adjust for that, especially since the people that are most revered in the military wear beards. Um, the other thing is, you know, the tattoo thing is a good thing. Having having a culture where you can be a service member as opposed to having people do videos and teaching you about pronouns. Your pronoun is your rank and your last name in the military. You don't need the Navy running videos telling you the, the proper use of pronouns for other people. That's irrelevant. Correct. So if you people still have to understand, you know, softball latte sippers are not joining the military. Generally speaking, there'll be some admin people who yeah. do that. Your war fighters are generally going to be conservatives. They're going to be from the South. They're going to be, you know, people who like firearms and have been around firearms their entire life. They're not going to be just some, you know, some preppy from San Francisco. That's not going to be your grunts. So you have to allow for a culture for those people to thrive. You're not going to you're not going to be able to fight any conflicts. That's really just how it is. Uh, there are ways of doing that, and unfortunately, the military is just kind of moving in the wrong direction. Although I do like that they, the Army has a light tank now. I, th- I think that was a smart move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Thanks, Casey. All I right. appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Take care. Have a, have a f- good fourth. You too, man. I appreciate it. Thank you much. All right. Yeah, this is, um, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's really basic. you, you got to create a culture that people want to be a part of. And you go into the military, you go into the locker room of an athletic team, you have a different culture than you do walking around in the street at, at a mall, and they're trying to basically turn everything into a shopping mall. That's not it. You have people who have different personalities who join the military to do those jobs. You're not going, you're going to waste their time, and you're going to make them angry by trying to pronoun narrate to them. That ain't going to work, which is why you've got a bunch of, of tier one operatives and tier two operatives who are not getting vaccinated and they're getting run out of the military right now. Although some airmen just won some case about that. I'll pull that up. I don't remember what the details were, um, but some airmen just won a legal case on the vaccine thing. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. 
Your phone calls again, 574-2595-953. Emerson News Time is 431. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Okay, so I found the Air Force story. So an Air Force officer has avoided a court-martial and is now pursuing separation board over the uh, religious exemption to the vaccination. So no longer court-martial, but will likely lose their job. Nearly 40,000 Army Guard troops are still unvaccinated as of yesterday. 40,000. And the deadline is passed. And I told you before, you know, I saw some TikToks from, you know, Miltok, which is military TikTok. I saw some TikTok posts from people. They were just lined up in droves. It looked like you were outside of a of a Black Friday sale. Just military personnel lined up for their separation paperwork because they were not getting the vaccine. So just the Army Guard. That's it. No other branches. Just the Army Guard. Nearly 40,000 still unvaccinated. In the meantime, there is a new unit that has gone active within Space Force. So Space Force has now joined the U.S. intelligence community um, with the uh, with their new intelligence uh, unit here. I don't know if they actually have a name for it or what. I don't want to read the entire article on it. So just know that the, the new intelligence wing of Space Force has come online and has joined the intelligence All right, 574-2595-953 to the phone lines we go. Nate, welcome to the program. Hey, happy 4th of July, Casey. Happy Independence Day. What's up? So with all the so with all the national Republican wins going to the House and Senate, what does Indiana look like as far as the local level? Like is Eric is Eric the chinless going to get out of office finally or I think he's turned out, around? isn't he? Isn't he termed out? Yeah, he's termed out. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be somebody else. Um, who it is, I don't I don't know. I, I I haven't you know I probably need to talk to some of my contacts and if they have any feelers on who's gonna be running for governor. Um, but he just won re-election too. So I mean it's you know we're, we're gonna be waiting to, for a couple of years. But uh, I I don't I don't know what the Republican Party here is gonna do because this is the thing: the Republican Party in Indiana is purple. The Republican mm-hmm. Party here in St. Joseph County is red. But right. the the state party doesn't like the local party all that much. Holcomb doesn't like the local party officials because they're too red. He's too purple. So there could very well, what I predict, depending on on who actually surfaces here, if let's just for the sake of argument, say that um, the red elements of the party say enough is enough. We lived under, you know, soft Democrat governor for too long during COVID. We're not going to make that mistake. We need to right the ship. Being moderate for the sake of being moderate is not good enough anymore. Um, you, if a, if a talented candidate comes out, I mean, it could be a very bitter primary because there's large swaths of this state who are purplish Republican. And then you've got large swaths of the state that are very, very red. And the only thing that gets the very red people to vote for the purple guys, they don't want the blue guy. So maybe potentially the Democrats run, you know, another moderate Democrat, maybe that affects the, you know, the, the, Outlook there, I, I don't I don't know, man. I'll be honest with you. I don't have any names for you on who's running for governor. No clue. Really don't know. I was going to say, did, didn't somebody run against Eric the Genless a couple years ago? Yeah, he's had some people, He had, but he's had an easy road. I, I mean, he's had a 100% easy road, but, you know, he'll be out, so it's a fresh start. Um, Republicans in the state of Indiana don't want to risk a Democrat taking over, so they just kind of go with whoever the Republican nominee is. But you get to a point where there is now an ideological battle within the Indiana Republican Party, and one is moving more Democrat, and one wants to bring it back more to the red. So I'm assuming that we're going to have a couple of people in those two camps 
surface. Um, somebody just asked on the live stream, what about Curtis Hill? I'll tell you what, I know that he's interested. I know that Curtis Hill's interested. And Curtis Hill is somebody who would probably be a really good governor. So if I were to give you one name of a potential prospect, I would say Curtis Hill, which would be in the red camp, not the purple camp. Uh, but you know you know the game plan against Curtis Hill when you're the Democrats, though. It'd be interesting to see if Republicans go along with hmm. it. So, but yeah, I, know I was going to say, somebody has to be, there's got to be somebody that is going to be better than Eric the Chinless. Uh, well, and, and look, I, I, you know, I haven't talked to Curtis about this, but the last time that Curtis and I did talk, I mean, he's to me, he seems like a guy who is definitely interested in that. The real question is, will he feel like enough time has passed between everything that went down for him to make that move? Um, will it help him? Will it hurt him? You know, that sort of thing. And, and I think that a lot of people who are in red areas feel that that Curtis was given the shaft there um, and it wasn't given, you know, proper due process and, and feels like there was a, a political component to, to basically assassinating his career. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the purple Republicans think, though, because the purple Republicans don't like Curtis because Curtis is too conservative. And now you throw in the fact that he's a black man and a black conservative Republican in the state of Indiana is problematic for Democrats. So they're going to have to run with the, you know, the uh, the sexual angle, if you will. From what happened at the Capitol. So will Republicans think that that would be enough to scare them away from voting for him? I don't know. I don't know if he's done any internal polling or anything like that on that. But if I were to give you a name of somebody that may surface, it would be Curtis Hill. So I'm glad that somebody posted that. But I don't know if he's actually going to run this early. He might wait a little bit longer. Todd Rokita is another one that you need to keep an eye on. So Todd, Todd Rokita, Todd Rokita, the attorney general, definitely wants to be governor. So it's possible that Todd Rokita makes a move for, for governor as well. He's He's been setting himself up for that. So you could see Todd Rokita. You could see Curtis Hill. I don't know who the purple camp would put up. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe a a Mike Braun situation surfaces. I don't know. I, I don't know that Braun wants out of D.C., though, to be honest with you. Oh, I was going to say, if Braun Rokita wants to be out of D.C. and be governor, there's really not much stopping him doing it now if he wants to make a move. Yeah, I, I don't think that Braun wants to leave D.C. I, I'm I'm not convinced of it. I know that he and Holcomb had a gentleman's agreement a couple of years ago, but I think that circumstances have dramatically changed. So I'm not sure that Braun wants out of D.C. Um, but yeah, I, I, Curtis Hill, Todd Rokita, I could see making a play for it, which they're both in the red camp. So Curtis Hill's more conservative than Todd Rokita is, but Todd Rokita, I think, has done a lot as attorney general to bonify his red meat creds. So it, right. I, I don't know, man. It, 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 I, who the purple candidate is, I don't know. I, I don't know. The Republican right. Party in this state needs to go more red and less blue. That's for sure. Right. No, I was also going to ask one more question before I go. Sure. Um, what do you What do you think about the local level with um, dictator Gretchen Whitmer and this? Um, there was a um, a black a conservative Republican guy that was running for governor trying to replace the blue Dem- uh, the blue Democrat governor of Illinois. Where do you where do you see those two states heading? So Illinois, I don't know enough about, admittedly. I just write Illinois off as crazy and, and insane. Um, now, with okay. with Michigan, so we actually asked Tudor Dixon, who is running for governor in Michigan. She's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, we asked her about the weirdness surrounding all of her political opponents basically being run out of the campaign, including the former um, for, former police chief in Detroit, who, by the way, is going to organize a write-in campaign. Um, but here's the thing. You know, there was some stuff that happened that I think were very shady, and I think that those campaigns were set up. But campaigns can only get set up that way if campaigns are not run by people who are politically savvy. And Gretchen Whitmer is politically savvy. I think that Tudor Dixon is politically savvy as well. And while she's the only candidate that I've talked to, 
that I have talked to, and I will definitely try to talk to others, her people know what they're doing. She's got some heavy hitters for her. Keep an eye on this woman. Even if she doesn't win, keep an eye on Tudor Dixon to make a name for herself in the state of Michigan because she... I, I and I've said this before, and it's not just because she's been on my show, guys, but I have not seen a rookie candidate as prepared to take office as I've seen with her. And I mean that. What's stopping her from doing it? She's running right now. She's running for governor. She's one of the five okay. that's left in Michigan, man. And and, and she's she just signed off to this uh trans this trans bill in the state as as a supporter of it. And, you know, right now the problem is that nobody knows who she is, and she's running in a primary where the big names in the primary are now out, and the only ones left, conveniently for Gretchen Whitmer, are people who are not well-known. But if Tudor Dixon's campaign, as organized as they seem to be, if they can go ahead and create some distance and get enough attention, she's getting national press now. That's not something that she was doing the first time she came on my show. So she's getting national press. She was in the Daily Wire yesterday. People are starting to notice her and keep an eye on her. If she can get through the primary, I think that Tudor Dixon can make a really good run for governor. But this is going to be a tough race in Michigan regardless. Gretchen Whitmer's got that state locked down. We already know that, you know, the northern part of that state's insane. So it's um, it's a risky thing. But uh, Tudor Dixon, keep an eye on her. And some of the other candidates, too. I know some of the people on my live stream really like some of the other candidates that are still in it. So we're going to try and get them on, too. But her campaign is organized. She's got some some really good people with a lot of experience working for her. The five people that are left did not fall for the same trap that everybody else fell through. So they've got some political savvy in them. But keep an eye on her. Even if she doesn't get the nomination, I think Tudor Dixon's going to be around politically for the state of Michigan for a while. Do you think uh, Michiganers are going to be smart enough to vote for this woman instead of Gretchen Whitmer because of all the things that she's that Gretchen Whitmer has put Michigan through? I don't know. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know. Soft Republicans have really only run for state office in Michigan. Uh, they they haven't had a real Republican nominee, and I don't know how long. So I'm I'm not sure. You've got a lot of crazy people who thought that Gretchen Whit- Whitmer was doing the right thing. I think if your messaging is good, where you point out that Gretchen was telling you to stay home while she went to a pizza bar, Gretchen Whitmer told you not to go vacation in Florida while she and her top health officials vacation in Florida. I think if you can get that messaging right, I think if nothing else, you can get people to go, yeah, forget about her. And honestly, truthfully, you make as big of a deal out of her hiding lead poisoning in a predominantly black community for over two years. You make that a central point of your campaign against her. I think you can pick up some votes. I really do. Gretchen Whitmer is vulnerable and she's her polling is somewhat high in the state of Michigan. But that's because nobody is running campaign ads highlighting her negatives. Everybody in the news media in Michigan loves Gretchen Whitmer, and they love singing her praises. But you start pointing out that she knew that there was contaminated water in Benton Harbor for over two years and didn't tell anybody, that didn't look good. So there's there's an opening there. The question is, will the Republican Party and whoever the candidate is take it? That's the question. Well, you need to get a hold of that, that one lady and say, hey, you need to get on this. Yeah, right now she's focused on winning the primary. You know, so her her focus is building up her name. She's doing the door knocking thing. And, you know, you're dealing with a primary at, at this point. Now's not the time to launch into that. But but I, I will tell you, I mean, Tudor Dixon has some good people around her. I mean, they are they are organized and that could help her. It really could. So we'll see. But Michigan is, is vulnerable. Michigan is definitely vulnerable. All right, man, I got to run, but I appreciate the call. All right. Thanks, right, Casey. Take care. Have a good weekend. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel.
All right. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. It is open lines, 574-2595-953. To the phone lines we go. Zach, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. How's it going? It's going well. What's up? I just wanted to wish you a happy treason day, sir. <laughs> happy treason day. Yes. You know what? Here's This is what's interesting. We've got Independence Day this weekend, right? Today's my daughter's birthday, and constitutional carry is now the law of the land in the state of Indiana. Your Tell- daughter has got the best birthday ever. Like, like almost the best. I was hoping that my wife would hold out for three days until the fourth, but but she was too weak. So, <laughs> but honestly, I mean, this has worked out, man. I mean, the first you kidding? Constitute her birthday is on Constitutional Carry Day in the state of Indiana. That's great. It's fantastic stuff. Anything, <laughs> any- Casey, for planning that one. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Zach? No, just uh, tell everyone to remember the nine and a half rules of uh, fireworks safety. There you go. Appreciate it, bud. You be safe. Take care. See you, bud. All righty. There's a really good channel on YouTube. It's called Cody Pyrotechnics. If you're interested in fireworks and stuff like that, definitely watch that. It's good stuff. Robert, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you. Um, Question I have for you is, um, okay, these guys, these people are arrested during uh, January 6th. Yeah, I understand a lot of them have not even been charged yet. Yeah, they're still had a trial. Correct. How can they do that? Isn't that basically unconstitutional? Yes, it is. And one of the reasons that people are so furious right now with some members of Congress is that members there are a lot of members of Congress who are not actively fighting this. And, you know, we we had one here recently uh, this week who lost their VA benefits and they have been incarcerated for over 400 days. And they they have only recently received the additional charge on there. They have not uh, gone to trial at all. And. This is the type of thing. You're absolutely right. It's 100 percent unconstitutional. But people need to do. You know, I, I don't. I don't know what to say. It's this is this is how you you get violence is by doing stuff like this. Unfortunately, I mean, is there anybody fighting for them? Uh, there's a couple of people in D.C. are raising a stink about it, but nobody's actually doing anything official because Republicans don't control the House and they don't. Well, they don't control the Senate either. But really, there is some. There is some rumblings that if Republicans took control of Congress, that they would be able to do more. I'm. I don't know. I don't know. Be honest with you. This should be a very, very uh, big deal talked about every day. Yes, it should be. Yeah. Well, on a lighter side, I was wondering what your reaction is to the uh, talk about football, the uh, UCLA and USC coming into the Big Ten in 2024. Uh, yeah, I heard rumors about that. I'm going to let you go because we're out of time. Uh, I heard rumors about that, and I just don't care all that much. Um, not that I normally wouldn't care. It's just that I have not paid attention to any sport really other than mma that i don't i don't know that i have a a, an opinion on it to be honest with you i think that if you had contacted me three years ago i would have had a very big opinion about it and probably devoted my last hour of the show to it but i just don't i don't have an opinion about it right now and i haven't looked at the the particulars of it and what it actually means for the various conferences and the teams so I apologize, just not something that's in my wheelhouse at this point in time. But maybe I will look into it a little bit more on vacation and get back to you. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right. I took a look at the uh, the football stuff here for just a minute. I don't want to blow anybody off, and I appreciate that they asked the question. So um, I think that the Pac-12 slash 10, whatever the heck it's going to be now, is in trouble. Ben and I agree on that. Um, Notre Dame is the other one that everybody's looking at now because, you know, with, with the TV deal with NBC and everything, here's the deal. Notre Dame's not going to join the ACC. Uh, football is not going to join the ACC, but their other sports are in the ACC. So I, I, I don't. Everything in that school revolves around their football program. Their basketball program is secondary their baseball program is secondary everything rolls around football 
So the football program isn't going to go to the ACC because they're not going to make any money in the ACC. So what, Big Ten? That's where they are in hockey. So they're in Big Ten in hockey and then ACC and others? Good. So the, I think Notre, Notre Dame, I would assume, at some point in the near future, is going to finally pay the ACC exit fee and stop being independent. But that's just a guess. As long as they, if they can keep doing what they're doing now and still make it to the playoffs, uh, they'll keep doing it. But eventually that's going to probably dry up. So I, I don't know. It's I wish that I were a little bit more versed in this like I was a few years ago. I've just been so out of it, guys, for so long that I, I couldn't intelligently really discuss most of this with you. But hopefully they gave you a little something. So I appreciate the last, uh, the last question. Because it was different. I appreciate that. It wasn't political. What do you think about the football thing? That's a great question. It's something I would have totally jumped on a few years ago. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Doug, welcome to the program. Hi, Casey. Happy Independence Day. Hey, what's up, man? You too. Yeah. Where we, where we can where we have where we have the liberty to exercise our first and second amendment rights across the fruited plain. There you go. But <laughs> I, I don't know you can say fruited plains anymore. I think that's offensive. But beyond that, well, I was just I was just remembering our old buddy Rush Limbaugh. I bless his soul. Yep, I know. <laughs> anyway, how, how would he react to the Supreme Court right now, though? Wouldn't it be fun to hear his shows on the Supreme Court this past week? Rush would have been on fire. I, I, I often wonder about a lot of things that we that we that we we have experienced since he since he passed away. What his what his take would be on it? Yeah, it'd be very entertaining. It would. It would. <laughs> anyway, um, what I'm calling you about is because um, um, I thought maybe you might have some information, but uh, it seems to be some a- ambiguity. On this, um, on the uh, uh, constitutional carry law that just passed, from what I'm hearing on local news, including MNC, they're talking about, um, you know, that there's still restrictions on people to carry, and that there's police departments that are warning on on, on, on uh, higher crime rates because of the law, and this and that. Yeah. And the reason I ask is the reason I ask is because, you know, years and years and years ago, I had a I had a, a um, personal protection um, permit, you know, um, um, concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, um, I ended up in, ended up uh, in a career in a local um, school um, um, situation, and you know, just let my 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 uh, license lapse because I couldn't carry the thing even even in my car within a thousand right. feet of a school. Now, now I'm retired, and mm-hmm. I'd, and I'd like to resume. Um, you know, exercising my right to to, uh, to carry a concealed weapon. Okay. And uh, and I'm wondering, does that does this constitutional carry law uh, cover that? Like schools? What, what restrictions are they talking about you know, on the news? Like particularly with schools? No, no, no. I mean, I'm not not just with schools, but like, um, you know, can can I have my? Can, are there what what restrictions are they talking about? Is that just uh, restrictions that okay. felons can't constitutionally carry, or can I? Can I still carry since I'm not a felon? Yeah, dude. If you're legally allowed to own and possess a firearm, you can constitutional carry concealed or open in the state of Indiana as of today. Okay. That is I the just, law. That is the law of the land. Anybody telling you otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. Now, I'm going to give you a great source. Okay. This is okay. this is going to be so easy. And the attorney general released this two days ago. If you if you just search for Todd Rokita gun owners bill of rights. It will direct you to the Indiana Attorney General's website, and you can read a 10-page PDF. Now, in that PDF are a lot of questions and answers, including, are there restrictions on where I can carry a firearm? So this is the answer, according to the Attorney General of the state of Indiana. Yes, there are some restrictions. As a responsible gun owner, be sure to take note of those restricted areas. Indiana law prohibits the carrying of a firearm in schools, secure areas at airports, 
commercial or chartered aircraft, casinos, the Indiana Government Center, the state fairgrounds, unless the gun is for sale or trade at an event on the fairground, and penal institutions, among other locations. Be aware federal law prohibits firearms on certain locations, including federal facilities, school zones, um, including a thousand feet from school property, subject to certain exceptions. So if you are, he, he goes through all of this on the uh, on the the document that he just he just released this like two days ago. Okay, so this is all coming from the attorney general's office. It cites the legal codes and everything else that you would need. Uh, if you can legally own and possess a firearm in the state of Indiana, you may leave your house with it concealed without a permit or a license. But that is only okay. within the borders of the state of Indiana. You cannot take it across the border and violate that state's laws, which is why you can still have the carry license in Indiana with the reciprocity in other states. Right. I, well, I remember when I had my, my permit, like a... Uh, um, you know, 20 years ago, I couldn't carry that. Even with my permit, I couldn't go, you know, into Michigan or Ohio or Illinois, I think. Correct. I can't remember. So right. Yeah. And whether you get the Indiana one, the Michigan one, or some other states, you know, they all do different states. They all have different reciprocity. Um, but you can open carry. That is legal. Concealed carry is legal. As long as you're legally allowed to own a firearm, and possess a firearm in the state of Indiana, you can now conceal carry without a license as okay. of today. Thank you very much for the information yep. because I was getting a lot of ambiguity on, on the local news station. Well, and, and that's because a lot of the, the news doesn't really know. Um, and then you also have a few police chiefs, okay? Not all of them and certainly not the sheriff's departments. We have a few police chiefs that actively opposed this who are trying to scare people and tell them that this is going to lead to an increase in crime and everything else, which, by the way, has materialized in exactly zero states with constitutional carry. There has never been an example of a increase in the state because of a constitutional carry law. So this would be, you know, what they'll try and do, because we're already on an upward trajectory on violent crime anyways, they'll try and blame this law here, but we've already had an upward trajectory on it um, in the next year or two when they, they try to blame this law. So always remember that they'll try and blame it, but nowhere else Mm -hmm. in the country has that ever happened. There's some States that never got rid of constitutional carry ever, by the way, they've always had it and they're not particularly violent States. So you have a couple of police chiefs who are activist police chiefs who oppose this, who are, you know, yapping their gums to the news agencies and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you can legally carry a firearm in the state of Indiana, you are allowed to do this period. And, You know, people who are making the case that, well, now they won't be able to ask you for your license because they won't know. Well, you weren't allowed to ask before anyway. You still had to have a lawful reason to stop somebody before you could then inquire about whether or not they were legally allowed to have the gun that you found on them. So, yeah, that that was a whole case in Elkhart, by the way, that we covered about a decade ago. So Uh you cannot. So law enforcement was already forbidden in, in the state from inquiring about whether or not you could legally carry a firearm if you had a firearm. So they couldn't be like in a Costco and see somebody with, who reached up for something and the gun was exposed and then go, hey, are you legally allowed to have that? They couldn't do that. So they have mm-hmm. to have probable cause before they can even make that inquiry anyway. So there are some people that are really, they're playing some funny tricks and they're trying to, to manipulate all of this. But um, at the end of the day, if you can legally carry and possess a gun, you're allowed to carry concealed or open right now without a license. It's entirely up to you. But go read the uh, the uh, Gun Owners' Bill of Rights from the Attorney General, Todd Rakita, released it this week. It's 10 pages. There's a lot of questions and answers on there, um, including question number one, is a license to carry a handgun required in Indiana? <laughs> so 
They go through all of the statute changes and everything else in there, and it's a really easy read. So definitely check it out. That'll answer all of your questions. Well, man, really, thank you very much for the information. I've, I've been I listen to you every day, and I've been waiting for the subject to come up, and it hasn't really been broached because of all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, and uh, I really appreciate you, you taking the time to to um, to you know to clarify all that. That's, my that's pleasure. Great. Yeah, my my pleasure. Definitely go check it out. He said, you know, that comes from the Attorney General, so it's not just a radio host saying it. All right. Well, thank you very much, and again, happy Independence Day. You too, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Mm-hmm. You take care. He said, it's, it's, it's a pretty good, pretty good day. Last day of work for me, oldest daughter's birthday. Constitutional carry is now legal in the state of Indiana. It's just, you know, got Independence Day coming in this weekend. It's going to be good stuff. You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I just had a question come through. Do you have to register your gun in Indiana? All right, let's go to the... Gun Owners' Bill of Rights, Indiana. By the way, somebody answered this question on the live stream correctly. I just want to do it for the rest of you who are out there in the audience listening or not watching the live stream because you don't want to be popular with all your friends. Indiana does not require the registration of firearms. Registration is not required for private transfers or sales. But federal law does require specific forms to be completed when purchasing a firearm from a dealer. Federal law also requires registration of certain types of firearms, including machine guns, short-barreled rifles, short-barreled shotguns, and they cite the uh, they cite the actual statutes on that. Indiana prohibits the sale or transfer of a handgun to anyone under the age of 18, except if the gun comes from the individual's parent or guardian. It is illegal to transfer a handgun to somebody you know who cannot legally purchase it from the dealer themselves. So uh, they go through all of that. So there you go. Uh, for those of you who are interested in all of that, uh, to the phone lines we go. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey, how you doing? I'm doing well. What's up? Well, man, last time I called you last week, I threw about five different topics at you, and I all over the map. I was just the one thing I really kind of wanted to drill down on <clears throat> was, uh, you know, Biden and and that John Pierre idiot that's the yeah. secretary press these guys how in the world you know they keep saying red wave red wave but americans are out there listening to all this garbage and they're and they're swallowing it up a lot of them are and i just man I, it's so hard to stay positive like you know i'm proud to be american i'm not proud of the way america's going right joe biden is we are a joke in this globe well here's the thing and, you're uh, you're not alone so a recent a recent poll came out this week it's, it showed like 80 some odd percent of the country thinks that we're heading in the wrong direction which was up from 60 some odd just a couple of months ago. So people are seeing this. Okay. People, you know, you've got even Democrats are, in fact, I read a whole article today about how even Politico has turned against, uh, against Jean, Jean Pierre and that she is not doing a good job. So she's doing a terrible job. Um, you've got the White House press corps is upset about access to Joe Biden because they can't, they can't talk to Joe Biden, which was a complaint that they had with Obama. It was a complaint that they had with Hillary. It is not a complaint that they had with Trump. Trump was always available for the news media, but the last three big Democrat names in politics have made themselves not available to the press corps in spite of the press corps constantly carrying their water. So you've got um, you've got even the media kind of turning against Biden a little bit. They're definitely turning against Jean-Pierre. They are, um, without a doubt, when you're looking at the polling and the, and the surveying here, Americans are not happy about this direction. Increasingly, black Americans who voted for Joe Biden want to change their mind. There was a week and a half ago, there was a, uh, a poll that was done on if Biden and Trump ran against each other today. Trump would win in a landslide. So there is a, you know, again, it comes down to what's going to happen in the election. Who's counting the votes? How are the the election laws that were, you know, just changed? How is that going to affect things? You know, those are all things that obviously have to be considered. And you you have to consider things like Roe v. Wade. You know, will that 
will that uh, incentivize the base of the Democratic Party to actually show up in a midterm? Because they generally don't. Uh, midterms well, favor Republicans. So. That reminds me, I was going to say that, uh, you know, I cannot believe that a sitting president talks the way he is about our Supreme Court when he's in another country and he says privacy. I've heard him say people's privacy, privacy, but yet they don't do a dang thing about the people protesting these Supreme Court justices. Right. And I just don't I don't understand why nothing can be done. It's so frustrating. He is just an embarrassment. The guy is an idiot. Sure. Look, his no, his, his no mind his, would ever do that. His mind is gone. I'm still standing by my original theory. Let's uh, see what happens, you know, after February or so next year and whether he's still around. I, I don't know that he will be, honestly. But the what real quite primaried mean. What's that? What what does it mean when they say he's going to be primaried? What does that mean? Oh, so if if uh, Joe Biden does, let's just say Joe Biden does decide to run for re-election, but the Democratic Party doesn't feel like he's the right guy, they could run a candidate against him in a primary. I don't think he's going to be primary. I think he's either going to be the nominee for the Democrats going forward, or he's not going to be around whether he retires or passes away. I don't think that Joe Biden is going to be around for another term. I just don't. Um, he could, he could, he says that he's going to run, but what he could do is just retire at the end of the first term. He could step away. He could step away, um, after January of next year, Kamala can take over and then she'd still be eligible for two terms after serving two years, which is still what I think the main plan is. The question is the Democrats, do they trust her enough? to do that because she's not popular either. And I don't know that they do. Um, I always thought the plan was to give Joe Biden two years, bring Kamala Harris in, Pete Buttigieg, the, the vice president. They try to groom those two and they have young candidates who fit, you know, social justice uh, check boxes and they can try and run them going forward. I don't know that they have the confidence in either one of those two, Kamala or Pete, to be able to do that. You know, Pete just gave another disastrous interview about airline travel where he just makes a ton of mistakes and nobody takes him seriously. I don't know that the Democrats have a real strategy going forward right now. I think that they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do. But, I, you know, until things change, I'm still standing by expect Joe Biden to walk away sometime after February of next year. But he sounds like he doesn't yeah, want a, to. Yeah, they're in a the bad. Well, he just needs to. He's a, he's just an embarrassment. I don't understand why his family's like. I heard that him and Jill are kind of having problems, and Jill hates Kamala, so that's a that's a train wreck. Well, but, um, everybody does. Everybody's leaving Kamala Harris's employment. Nobody wants to be employed by the woman. She's she's as toxic as is. Here's the thing: every single report that we have out of the White House has minorities fleeing Joe Biden as staffers in droves. Probably because he's saying inappropriate things to them, which is what Joe Biden has always said to minorities. And people right. do not like Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris is, frankly, a bit of a tyrant in the office. You know, she she cackles at everybody and tries to be overly nice. But the rumors for her long before that, before she was ever considered a candidate for president, was that she was a bit of a jerk as a boss. And that is coming out. So people don't want to be employed by them for any length of time. Well, I appreciate you, man. And happy birthday to your little baby Thank girl. You. Thank you. I appreciate and that. Have a happy holiday. It was good talking to you. And we'll you talk again. You going to be off all week? I'll be off all week next week. We'll be running some recent episodes of the show, though. All right. All right, man. Well, have a good time, buddy. I appreciate it. You take care. All right, 574-2595-953. Steve, welcome to the program. Hi, JC. Hi there. I, uh, <clears throat> three things I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks I wanted to share with you. Okay. And I look at this sixth uh, hearing that they're having, and I don't know why more Republicans don't refer to it as the Democrats falling back on their old customs in the South where you line everybody up and you lynch them. You just stack the decks in the court system and 
take them out and hang them by the tree, and that's what they're trying to do. Well, I think it reserve language like that for when they go after Justice Thomas, you know, as they've been doing. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's – because if you bring up language like that, obviously the left will run with a ra- racial narrative on it. So you have to make sure that the left is targeting – a, a conservative black Republican or something of that nature, if you're going to use that language. You've got to be very careful about how it's being used, just from a political stratagem and a, a moral societal component. Um, and some of the stuff that they're I, saying about Clarence Thomas, horrendously racist stuff, horrendously. Like there's a CNN Plus host, I guess he used to be a basketball player. I don't even know who the guy is, never heard of him. Um, but he's a white guy and he's posting these very racist things about Clarence Thomas. And he's being yeah. called out on it. And, you know, I've... <sighs> Man, I have got to go. Here, I will give you some examples after the news break of the racism of the left towards Clarence Thomas. Because they're using hard N-words against him. And then say, I'm not racist. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. Because when I don't like somebody who happens to be black, I never refer to them that way. Most people who are not racist are not going to refer to somebody that way if they're angry at him. Because it's just another person that you're mad at. So you use the same old pejoratives that you use for anybody else that you would be mad at. The moment you go racial because you're angry at somebody and you disagree with them, that's probably because you were already thinking that. So, um, right. you know, so if you're going to use that language, you're going to get into the lynching stuff because you know how the left will will manipulate this stuff. It has to be in defense of black Republicans uh, and, and pointing out that they're basically conducting these types of things. Otherwise, it'll be used against. Yeah, them. I just I just see that what they're doing right now is. What the Democrats did in the South for years. No, you're right. They're just falling you, back on old. Yeah, yeah. There's a way of you saying that without getting into the specific language that can be used against you. But yeah, you're. This is this is the kangaroo court system that was used in the South a lot by prominent Democrats to you know run roughshod over people who are innocent and and that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I the historical reference I understand. How you use it has to be done very very carefully. All right, Steve, yeah, I, I appreciate it, bud. control people that you want to control. There you go. I, I got to roll, man. I appreciate the call. But you're right. I mean, there's a control component here. There's no doubt about it. MSC News time is 532. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry from the moment for the moments that last a lifetime. Hey, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here for balanceofnature.com. Again, if you are looking to get your, your well, more energy, uh, get all of your fruits and vegetables, get your vitamins, get your immune system boosted, Balance of Nature is the product for you. This is a fantastic product. You take three pills and you have all of your fruits. You take three more pills. You have all of your vegetables for the entire day. No meal planning. No worrying about trying to have enough room in your stomach to be able to actually eat that much. You get them all. Okay, so you get all the nutrients, all the vitamins, all the minerals, everything that will give you more energy and boost your immune system and more. All of those benefits that come from fruits and vegetables and having enough of them every single day will be yours with the proprietary blend of 32 real fruits and real vegetables in balance of nature. There are a lot of other products out there that advertise some kind of a supplement or, you know, maybe a lab created thing that will mimic those things. But this is real food, freeze dried, ground up, put into a capsule. It is organic. It is non GMO. It is even vegan friendly. Go to balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and you will save 35%. 35%. All right, really good question came in with a drive-by caller. What happens if Kamala does move into the presidency? Who becomes vice president? And they had asked if it was Pelosi. No, Pelosi does not become vice president. Kamala gets to pick her VP. The the running theory that I created and a lot of other people picked up on shortly after that was that I felt that Joe Biden would serve two years. He'd step down, okay? If he survived, he would step down. Kamala would take over. 
They would have two years to develop her as the president. Then she gets to run for two full terms after that. She does not limit it anymore. She gets so you could effectively have Kamala Harris for 10 years and that Pete Buttigieg would step in as her vice president. They would they would groom him and then they would have this, you know, woke one two punch going forward. The problem is that Kamala Harris is a disaster. Pete Buttigieg is a disaster. And I the rumors now from inside the Democratic Party is they have no idea who in the world is going to take over. They are so desperate that they're talking about Hillary Clinton again in 2024. And she's saying no, but she said no before, too. So, I mean, you know, they don't have any clue, ladies and gentlemen. So you're going to hear Hillary Clinton again. You're going to hear Michelle Obama again. You're going to hear Susan Rice again because they have no idea who their future is. The Democratic Party does not have a talented bench. They just don't. Republicans got talent for days. It used to be the exact opposite. where Republicans didn't have any young talent. And the Democrats did. It's now the exact opposite. So and everybody who is touted as the next great development in the the bench of the Democratic Party ends up being a disaster at the local level. Gretchen Whitmer is still in that discussion. Keep that in mind, too. All right. Let's see. We have uh, Dave. Welcome to the program. Casey, love you, love your show. Thank you, thank you. Nice that our lawn's got a little bit of free water from God. Uh, mine was looking pretty bad. <laughs> I know. We've <laughs> actually been hose dragging the past couple of days to try to make sure it was going to work. Yeah, I, I ran it for a little while yesterday. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the impact sprinklers, you can actually uh, flip a little boomerang-shaped switch and make it go around and around and around mm-hmm. and around. There uh, you go. You gotta, flip up the, you gotta flip up the spring too. That's, uh, that's right. That's actually what makes it go around. The boomerang changes uh, either length or shortness. Now, uh, two things: uh, Detroit style pizza. Have you ever had it? Detroit, Detroit, what? Detroit style pizza. Yes, I have. Okay, I've had uh, Pizza Hut, which is garbage. Yeah. And then uh, Motor City Pizza Company, uh, frozen pizza. It's really good, and they make some huge ones that are like three and a half pounds. Now, is this like at uh, any grocery store? Do I have to go to like Costco or something to get it? Uh, Harding's has it, as far as I know. Harding's. Where the heck is a Harding's around? Buchanan. I got to drive to Buchanan to get pizza that's supposed to be from Detroit that's frozen? Sure you do. You know you want it. Where else are you going to get it around? Where else are you going to get it around here? Uh, Yeah, well, okay. Um. So I don't know if Jets does de- full Detroit style, but they do a a pan pizza like a, de- a Detroit style. I don't know if you consider it actual Detroit style, but Jets Jets does a pretty good job. Unless they're calling it Detroit style, I wouldn't call it Detroit style. Yeah, and, and I don't. I'd have to. I'd have that. to look. Yeah, I'd have. To, I'd have to look. Yeah. But. Um, the other thing I'm talk- uh, call, uh, calling you about CBD lotion, all natural CBD lotion dot org. Uh, promo code KC10. Yes. Uh, well, it worked to soothe sunburn. Okay, uh, that is a great question. I don't know. I okay. admittedly have a massive, giant bottle of real aloe, and so I just deviate to that if I ever need it. I have never tried the lotion that um my instinct would be to say that it probably would but it's I, I don't know i don't know if it would be good for the topical application of a sunburn where you have open wounds and stuff like that that's the thing that i don't know um okay aloe well, is really it. cheap like you can yeah. get good aloe on online and i'm telling you man that stuff is is pure godliness when you got a sunburn on. i've got some banana boat uh aloe gel that's in the fridge uh, it's been there for years. But is it real <laughs> aloe, uh, though? I don't know. It yeah. works. It helps. Okay. The, the All coldness, right. coldness helps. Uh, last week, uh, I shaved my dome, and I went out and mowed the next day. It was really <laughs> nice, and I, I didn't have a hat on my head. Uh-huh. Uh, um, 
I can't tell, and my family hasn't said anything to me, but uh, if I earned any kind of uh, a tan line from my uh, Audio-Technica headphones, I earned it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. My head, my head wasn't trying, okay? Uh-huh. Um, so I was only out for an hour with a, a naked head. That's enough, though. So I, I, it didn't hurt at all. So I, I haven't tried the all-natural CBD lotion yet. You know what? Give it, give it a go, out. and I mean, if nothing else, if it doesn't work for you, you'll have it around for other things, right? Dude, I am not going to go mow my lawn when it's ninety to do this experiment. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> blame you. <laughs> hey, I got to run. I'm on a hard break, but I appreciate the call, Dave. Thank you, man. Good birthday, Bree. See ya. Thank you. <laughs> we got more coming up. Ninety-five-three MNC. All right, I can personally attest to this. Jets Pizza, they officially list this as a Detroit-style deep-dish pizza. Now, I've never been to Detroit. I've had Detroit-style before, so I can't vouch for its authenticity, but I can tell you that Jets Pizza's Detroit-style deep-dish is really good. Um, We always have great experiences with Jets Pizza. So I I looked at Big City Pizza and Elkhart. They usually do stuff that's around big cities. I didn't see a deep-dish on there for for Detroit-style. They do a real real authentic Chicago-style, though. That is fantastic. But Jets Pizza, Detroit-style deep dish is right there on their website. I do recommend it. It's very good. Not too greasy. All right. Well, I mean, it's greasy because it's a deep dish pan-style pizza. But you know what I mean. Not too greasy. Happy Independence Day to everybody out there. Happy Constitutional Carry Day for those of us on the Indiana side of the border. Sorry, Michigan. You'll catch up to us later. And hopefully you have a great weekend. I'm on vacation next week. Take care of your families. Take care of yourselves. And enjoy each other's company. We'll see you next time.